Hello listeners and welcome to the latest episode of Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff. My name is Reese Parton and I am one of the hosts and I am the editor of this podcast. Now I'd just like to start this off by saying that this is part two of our retrospective of 2022 films of the year, be it best, worst, honourable mentions or ones that we really didn't like. I'd like to apologise for it being so late. There have been numerous things getting in the way. I was in a series of short plays and that got in the way of the editing process. Sandro has been in Adelaide, which is in a different state from where we live. And he's been doing the tech for a show that performed at the Adelaide Fringe Festival. And then I had technical difficulties once I completed the first edit of this podcast. And I had to edit the whole thing again. Well, at least this half. So... It's a bit later than usual, but here is our annual retrospective of films from the previous year. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Amazingly, I'm asking how my number 10, so higher than Sandro's list, is Top Gun Maverick. Oh, okay. <laughs> what? It's because you saw less. That's, 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 that's why I'm... <laughs> it's because I saw fewer than yeah, you. you, you yeah. Oh, yeah, chances are that's right. Or, um... It's a good film. You just don't want to admit that you really like uh, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> I, I, well, I will admit that I really like Top Gun Maverick. And I'm amazed because I really don't like the first. Yeah. Mm. I've never really fallen asleep during a film, but I swear I could fall asleep through that one <laughs> if it was put on again. <laughs> don't like it. I'm not interested. I don't even really like the planes very much. I know Sandra said that's a bit he liked in the first one. <laughs> I don't care in the, in the first one. Yeah, they did it for real. Ah, no good on them. <laughs> but in this one, I do care. Yeah. <laughs> I like the characters. I like Val Kilmer returning. I wasn't expecting it, honestly, and I loved that he did, and I loved that scene. I feel like with a Tom Cruise film, maybe you could go into any Tom Cruise film as a standalone and just see it as mm. it was an old flame from in the past or as an old friend from in the past. Cause a lot of his films are revisiting older characters, still doing a lot of action stuff. Yeah. for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, re- I really liked the cast. I really liked uh, the music, the way a lot of it was a throwback to the first. That's something I did like from the first, the theme tune's pretty good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and they use that again. Uh, they replay all the songs way too much in that first film though, that it becomes a joke. Oh, it's true. <laughs> It's true. You hear the guitar again from um, Danger Zone or whatever it is, and it's just, oh, yeah, we're on the highway to the Danger Zone. But yeah, no, I, I liked it. And I've just realized on my list, I went to watch, I'll just say that number nine is Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went to watch Thor, Love and Thunder in the cinema, which is nearby. I say local. I would say local, but it's not quite because it's in a town further over. So after a 30-minute drive, I got there, and in front of me, the last tickets sold out for one of the screenings of Thor. So I was like, oh, bugger. Hmm. And the only thing that was showing was Top Gun. So I watched Top Gun. Oh, okay. But I really wanted to see Thor. And I only had that day to see a film. So I thought, I'm going to do a double billing. So I watched <laughs> Top Gun. And then I watched Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. And there are, that's where they are on my list. I'm 10 and 9. Mm. Um, hmm. <laughs> I liked Love and Thunder a lot more than a lot of other people. I completely agree that it was... So watered down from the source material. Yeah. The God Butcher is such a scary character in the comics. Oh, yeah. I've read uh, Jason Aaron 
Was that the writer? Uh, I believe so. I'd need to check. Yeah. yeah, of the run that I read, it was really scary. And I had that amazing storyline with Thor at different ages. Yeah. So you had essentially the Thor version of Odin where he's older, got a great big white beard. I think he's lost an arm. <laughs> he tends to lose limbs. <laughs> yeah, he does. And so they threw in a reference by having Sif lose a, lose a limb. <laughs> yeah, of course. But yeah, it, it definitely watered down, so I could see why people have complaints in that regard. But I still think Christian Bale played him brilliantly. Oh, yeah, definitely, um, yeah. I quite like the storyline uh, with Jane. One, because I wasn't even expecting them to bring Jane back at all, but when they did, mm. she, she played it well. It was a touching storyline. Uh, ultimately, I sound like we're going to defend it, so I'll just say I liked it. It, com- <laughs> it comes in at number nine, which yeah. is low for a Marvel film, but I liked it. I think for me, it's like they combined two comic arcs that took a year each like Mm. the god butcher one is like 12 issues the jane one is like also i think 12 plus issues and to put them both in a movie it's only two hours long and you don't really (laughs) explore either that well i'm just like oh i don't know how Mm. i feel about this but yeah yeah i agree yep i will actually jump on and say it has been a dick move from taika to say does that look so poorly cgi to you and i'm just like dude you forced him to do it so quickly (laughs) yeah well Presume he is under pressure himself, but yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I just, I just think Marvel needs to take their time. I'm going to say it every time we bring them up, <laughs> just mm. to put it out there in the zeitgeist. The, the common discussion is that we will still watch your movies. I will. I'm the Marvel shill, quote unquote, of this show. <laughs> I will watch it. But if it's two years later than you thought it would be, fine. That's what it used to be. Yeah. And Iron Man yeah. One looks better than all three of the films this year. Mm. That 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 is actually true, yeah. And that was technically an indie film, so <laughs> Yeah. Oh, except mm. for maybe Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange looked the best out of all three in terms of CGI for me. The CGI was good. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Apart from the third eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, that's true. Yeah, I'd give you that. Oh, and the big bubbly eye in the streets of New York in the first bit was obviously fake. But yeah. So silly. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I, I still think to this day that Iron Man getting in his suits in the first two Iron Man films, mm. maybe even Iron Man 3, but it started to look a little less convincing there. Yeah. It's so much more convincing than things like Endgame where they just, the bleeding edge armor didn't work for me. The nano, the nanite armor for sure. didn't mm. work very well. It just looked fake covering him, whereas it looks metallic. And it is CGI in the first two. So get back to that. Take your time. Mm-hmm. You've literally got all the money. In. Mm. <laughs> Take the time. And speaking of Marvel, at number eight, we have Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Okay, mm. that's your highest. All right. It is my highest. Um, the more I thought about it, it just resonated with me the most. Yeah. Okay. I did have to do a little bit of separating the artist from the art, but not as much as any of the other things we've talked about, like Arnie Ham. Arnie Hammer in uh, <laughs> yeah. Death on the Nile. For sure. I just I was disappointed by Letitia White Wright's uh, anti-vax yeah, stance. Definitely. And the bullshit she's spewing. Anyway, in terms of the three Marvel movies from last year, the emotion of this one hit me hard and, you know, separating my disagreement and uh, the fact that I think it's dangerous to talk the sort of rubbish she did about the vaccines and how she's just going to live a natural life and she'll be okay. No, get the vaccine, you'll be even better. Mm-hmm. Um she was amazing in this film, I thought. I thought she was great in Death on the Nile, too, Letitia Wright. <laughs> she was good in Death on the Nile, yeah. I think she was truly amazing in this. And the things I think of are her moments where she just looked so crushed. And she looked devastated at the end of the film, for obvious reasons. But that panic she had in the first scene 
which I won't spoil what goes on in that, but I thought I th- she was excellent in this film and the rest of the cast were too. I do think I've, and I think I talked to Sandro off microphone, but I do think they could have We weren't more... using microphones because we haven't met up this year. So technically it was on microphone, but I get what you mean. <laughs> I think we might've been Facebook chatting <laughs> Oh, actually, you, yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> what I was going to say is I loved the first film for how much culture they got in to the world of Wakanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish they'd done the same for the underwater world in this one. It wasn't quite the same. It was yeah. visually spectacular, but sure. I thought it was really special to how they had different, almost different languages among the different tribes in the first Black Panther, had them communicating like that. And I thought it would have been nice if they did a bit more there, but Namor was excellent. I thought it was excellently mm. portrayed. I just wish the rest of his people had as much character to them. They turned a joke villain into, like, someone you care about. That's... It, oh, yeah. Good on them. Like, yeah. just on that. Because Namor's a joke, but Namor was really good. <laughs> yeah, and there's a the big difference. It's Namor. Yes. Not Namor. <laughs> and they kept the wings on his feet, too, and somehow made they it kind of scary. I, I, I Good. Uh, I don't know how they maybe. did that. I mean, it was still pretty silly when he flew it was. in on his it was. <laughs> But, yeah, I, no, I really liked it. Again... Middling year for Marvel films. Yeah, I don't know. I, the the shine isn't disappearing for me. I'm going to be watching these until I grow old because I will still be going until I grow old. <laughs> I liked this one. I liked all three of them. Really, what am I? What am I kidding? They're in my up until I added the next film and bumped <laughs> uh, Doctor Strange down. They were in my top ten, but they're they're good films for me. But at number seven, we have She Said. Yep. Mm. It picked a tone to follow and stick to, and it. Did it wonderfully. And Carrie Mulligan and mm. Zoe Kazan were excellent mm-hmm. in this. Carrie Mulligan is so underrated. I just want to go on the record and say that. Oh, she's really good. Zoe Kazan, I haven't seen her in enough. And I was going to watch her in a show called Clickbait because it filmed down in Melbourne in 2020 when <laughs> we were doing pretty well with, uh, uh, you know, COVID and all that. But uh, it's not actually set there. It was only filmed there and she didn't. Uh you know, get to stretch yourself as an actor and play an Australian person. It's all American. And I was really turned off by that. (laughs) So I didn't actually watch it, but I do want to see more of her work because she's just great. And I I think they did a great job as the journalists. I like how one of them was a lot more matter of fact. And uh, Zoe's character was, she got hit the most emotionally by it because I think she was very protective of her young daughter and having a world where this sort of things happen happened to women all the time, not just in Hollywood, but mm. all over the place. Yeah. She got, I think it really drove her to try and make a difference. And I, I think Zoe played that very well. And also someone was very familiar. Mm. It was um, Carrie's husband in the, well, her character's husband in the series. I was thinking, hang on, who could it be? Tom Pelfrey. He looks so familiar. <laughs> I Googled it. Oh, he was the best thing out of Iron Fist. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He's actually very good. I mean, Jessica Henwick was the best thing at Iron Fist, but I, yeah. No, I'd agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, I think, um, what's his name? He played Iron Fist. He was okay. He just didn't get the stunt work done. Yeah, he, um, yeah, the, the dog ate his homework. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it was a scheduling thing. Oh, by the way, because it it's been on the top of my head for a while, you were trying to remember the guy from your film you were talking about, Adam, who was in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Harry Lloyd. Thank you, yes. I just had to mention that because it would drive me crazy not putting it on record. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Harry Lloyd. I really like him. Yeah, he's always great. Yes. 
And so She Said is in number seven. Cast is great. The tone is great. Yep. It's a really well-made film, really well acted, but I, you come out of it just feeling pretty bad just because <laughs> yeah. of how, yeah. how awful the subject matter is. Yeah, yeah. Something that I didn't feel bad after watching, I felt pretty much empowered, that number six is Prey, mm-hmm. oh, okay. which I really did like. I liked that as much as it is an action-y sci-fi kind of thing, it's felt quite small budget. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty small budget it compared was, to some yeah. of the other ones we've talked about. And I loved, again, culture is a big thing for me. And I love that they had a lot of Comanche na- nation mm-hmm. tradition and culture in there and and uh, rituals and things like that. I thought that was wonderful. And the cast, just excellent. Yeah. Again, culture is a big thing for me because I'm currently on a big kick discovering uh, my indigenous Australian side where mm. due to policies of sadly not very long ago uh the culture of indigenous australians was almost forgotten about deliberately mm-hmm. yeah chosen to be forgotten about and because of that there's a big disconnect between one side of my family the history of it and the other side and i've been really mm. pushing for it so i think representation for anyone where again it's the same in america where um a lot of first nations people there they're separated from their past so i like that representation I think I've got a soft spot for it in that regard as well, that representation got to feature so strongly, but also it's a damn great film. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> the action's great. The music's great. And I've only seen the original Predator film and this one, mm-hmm. and I think I'm happy to leave it there. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Mm, three's good. I like three a lot, but also a good, mm. good choice. Don't watch two and four. <laughs> Just stick there. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really liked it. I thought, again choreography was great i think i see what you were saying i don't know if it was filmed on the volume but some points during the action scenes it did feel like they were trying to keep it small scale but it was probably the budget i think it was the animals for me that really did it in terms of cg they were obviously they were all very fake which is fine but it is it looks like a video game every now and then and it kind of took me a little bit out of the Mm. experience i give this one a lot more slack than i do the marvel stuff i felt the same way from a lot of the marvel stuff yeah and they've got much bigger budgets this one i'm like yeah well what are you going to do? You don't have much money. Yeah, no, no, it's a small budget. I think maybe if I saw it in a theatre, like that, that wouldn't be an issue for me. That's kind of been yeah. a running thing. I saw Black Adam at home and was like, this looks terrible. And then I saw Black Panther <laughs> yeah. in the theatre and was like, this is not great. Like, v- visually some issues, but, uh, you know, this is how you watch these sort of things, I think, with, like, all the effects. <laughs> so, put good movies in theatres, studios. <laughs> Make good movies. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's my third chunk yep my 10 to 6 so over to you sandra all right my 10 to 6 uh kicking off with a film that i was gonna say might be lower than both of you but uh adam has Mm -hmm. already mentioned it everything everywhere all at once Ah. is spot number 10 right i really enjoy daniels i think uh, swiss army man is a a ton of fun Uh, and Mm -hmm. i also thought that this was a ton of fun i really enjoyed it yeah, it's very silly. I love Michelle Yeoh. I she, like just anything that she's in. I will watch if she's in it. I'm going to watch the Witcher prequel that I do not care about because she's in it, uh, and mm-hmm. she brought a great energy to this movie. Uh, just fantastic uh, choreography and stunts, and it was incredibly wacky. And I enjoyed all the absurdist stuff. That's why I watched this. Um, <laughs> some great culture stuff in there as well. I really enjoyed her relationship with the daughter. I thought that was great. Uh, short rounds back. Short rounds back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And he's nominated. He is good. I, I wow. so well deserved. His performance was fantastic. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I just feel like it's too long. It's 20 minutes it too long. It is a bit. The ending is so earnest that it was tiring. <laughs> it was, they just, <laughs> they, they set up so many different plot points in different kind of universes and stuff and then wrapped them all up. And I don't think you needed to. I think you just needed to focus on that main dynamic of Michelle Yeoh and the daughter and just end it there. Instead, they go through all these different universes and it just takes forever. Um, that's yeah, my big that. issue with this movie. It is too long. <laughs> Uh, I was loving it, and then the final twenty minutes happened, and I was like, "Ah, oh, uh, why am I not loving this?" You anymore? don't like emotions. <laughs> no, I do. I will. No, I do because like I put a lot of dramas really high up in my list, as you will see in my top five. But I know I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just, I yeah, I don't know exactly what it was. It was just like very long, and that's fine. I think the way to do absurdist movies though is to have them be quite short because there are a lot. There's a lot of stuff in here. Mm. For the most part, I thought it was fantastic. It's just that final 20 minutes for me. All the weird stuff like hot dog fingers and the, yeah. the, the rock world and all that stuff was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, It should have ended, and it's slight spoilers, it, it should have ended on the staircase is what I think. That staircase sequence, have that happen, have a conversation, then cut to the epilogue. Everything else I was like, unnecessary for me. Um, but also... If you relate to this movie, I don't. If you relate to the characters in this movie, then great. Then that's probably like, like then it's made for you because this is what the directors went through. Then excellent. Um, just for me, from my p- point of view, I was like, ah, the ending's a bit too much. But mm. I know I'm in the minority there. Um, number nine uh, goes to a music video, actually. Number nine goes to a music video, a uh, three hour long music video to the Nirvana song, Something in the Way. Okay. Uh, the Batman. <laughs> Ah, something in the way. Ah, great! I love this. This is really good. This is a good Batman yeah. movie. I'm got. Yeah. I'm glad. It's the best Batman movie. <laughs> a really good one. I loved it. It's it. It's Batman. It's you know. I. It's it's like everything I want from from Batman movie. It's dark. It's grimy. The <laughs> the city's gross. That's just like you saying Batman in that voice. Batman. Batman. <laughs> it's just. I just, I don't know. I'll, I thought I thought this was a ton of fun. Uh, I don't want to watch it at yeah. home because it's too dark and my TV's not good enough. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was really good. I like, oh, yes. when you start off and you get like a jump scare from the Riddler, I was like, this is a different sort of Batman film. Yeah. And then you just right. keep going. It's Jim Carrey who? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh Even though I love his performance in that. Yeah. It feels so much more grounded than than. The Nolan mm-hmm. stuff, granted, I love two of the Nolan movies. I think they're really good. <laughs> yeah. I like the same two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but this one, and I think Matt Reeves just brings a different oh. level that we haven't seen here. Robert Patterson, I just hate. He's fantastic and everything. Mm. Yep. And just brings us a whole oh, different whole emo level. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz is... Selena Lena Kyle, she's fantastic. Paul Dano in a scary role? Not like yeah. I'm like, yeah, he, yeah, great. I just, I wasn't expecting this from him. When he was cast as the Riddler, I was expecting someone a bit more, I guess, like a, um, I don't want to say like a Jesse Eisenberg, but kind of in that like <laughs> a tech bro sort of world. Oh, damn it. Snyder ruined you. <laughs> yeah. But no, like he plays, he plays it really well uh andy circus is alfred is fantastic oh, jeffrey wow. wright just mm. amazing and everything and w- that was colin farrell what that was colin yeah, farrell wow, that was yeah. colin <laughs> what what how <laughs> yeah. uh, just the action like matt reeves 
Oh, yeah. In, I think it was War of the Planet of the Apes, it opens with, like, one of the best action sequences I've I've seen. And I was like, Matt Reeves, he really, you know, I, I want to see more action from him. And, yeah, no, he, <laughs> he nails it here. Okay, have the Batman and then a <laughs> Gotham TV series. Go on, then. Exactly. <laughs> No, he's fantastic. I just, I think it's, I think it's excellent. Potentially a bit repetitive in the middle. He goes and sees the penguin a lot. Like, he's like, I'm going to go see the penguin. I'm going to spend five minutes here. I'm going to go back and see the penguin. Oh, I liked that. I loved that he wasn't after him. I liked that he just used him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I like that too. It's just when it feels like you're kind of retreading ground. Like, okay, now we're back in the club after he did more investigating after talking in the club. I'm like, okay, you could have potentially just restructured this. Uh, but yeah, I did. it's great. It's great. I like this style of Warner Brothers stuff. Have them all separate. Mm. I think that's really yeah. cool. Marvel has got the monopoly on a cinematic universe. Don't try. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Hear that, Cameron? With DC. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that's number nine. Number eight, biggest, I think, yeah, biggest surprise of the year is number eight, uh, The Outfit. Mm. Not talked about. No one's talking about this movie, aside from nope. a few people. I saw that Chris Stuckman had it on his top list, and I was like, good. I think I've heard it once from you. <laughs> yes, I'm like the only one that I know has seen this. Uh, it's fantastic. So it's Mike. So it's Mark Rylance. Uh, he is an English mm. tailor um, in one of the most famous uh, tailor shops in Savile Row. And, um, and, <laughs> and one night, uh, some criminals are like, we're going to do stuff. And it turns into a really incredible crime drama film all set inside the shop feels like a stage play i love it like characters come in and out at certain times you've only really got two three people on screen at any one time it's just tightly told it's an airtight script it's it's tense it's funny zoe duich is in it and dylan o'brien as well who were both in not okay so they're both in this one as well and are fantastic Mm -hmm. it's just a really really well told crime drama and i i I highly recommend it uh it's just it's fantastic the outfit uh really really uh, just criminally underrated film from this year that yeah like chris stuckman had it on his end of year list and i was like good because I agree with pretty much everything he thinks. Uh, he's a great critic. Smart man, that Chris. <laughs> filmmaker now. He is now a filmmaker. He is. Oh, that's great. Which is great. I helped. Yeah. I put a couple of bucks towards it. I'm really glad that he's uh, that he's gotten to make that. Hey. Um, yeah, he's like the only film person who has seen it and got it on the end of year list. So, yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> Check it out. The Outfit. It's probably on Netflix. Yeah, awesome. I don't know. Uh, number, number, what are you up to? Number seven. I mentioned the prequel mm-hmm. earlier, Pearl. This is the first one. X, which I absolutely adored. Uh, Ty West, written, produced, directed, starring Mia Goth, Jenna Ortega. Mia Goth playing two characters. She's the main character in this. She's also the, the main character in Pearl, who is in this as an old lady, but she's the old lady. Um, fantastic. So it's kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's set in that way. <laughs> it feels dirty. It feels grimy. It feels uh, cheap. Uh, it's about a bunch of young people uh, who are going to a farm old by this elderly couple uh, to shoot a porn film. I was going to say, 
with the name, it was going to be easy to do the Rule 34 version of it, but it looks like they already did it. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, well, the third film, they're already making the third film, and it's it's like Maxine, but there's three X's, because <laughs> it's the third one. <laughs> um, it's just really fun. It's a fun horror hmm. film, because it's basically a slasher where, you know, something is killing off these young people trying to make a porno one by one, but it's also got, like... <laughs> Themes of aging, themes of, I guess, the idea of sex and being open about it and open and talking and that sort of stuff in there. Because um, as you learn with Pearl, that was a different time. And so when someone from that time is kind of confronted with it in the 70s, you're like, what's going to happen here? Uh, you find out in the movie. So it's got like some things to think about, but it's also just a ton of fun. Uh, incredibly gory uh, in the best way possible. All the characters are great. There's one guy, the director, who's like, I'm not just making a, a porn movie, I'm making an art movie. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, I can believe this in the 70s. It's great. It's really fun. Uh, I highly recommend that and Pearl. I didn't think Pearl was as good because it is a prequel, so it's all leading up to this movie, I felt. It didn't right. really feel like a movie that stands on its own which is why it's slightly lower not that, that that's a bad thing like a movie can be a prequel and be good and not stand on its own and still be good <laughs> i just thought of the shortest prequel ever yeah a couple watches porn together and they're like should we make one of these yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> the prequel to this one yeah <laughs> yeah just fantastic and the fact that it's now a franchise and we're getting a third one is amazing because this doesn't happen like horror <laughs> franchises are usually like Halloween. They don't happen like this. That's it. So the f- yeah, it's like there's one good one, and then a studio's <laughs> like, oh, we can keep popping these out. <laughs> oh, money. <laughs> <laughs> like to have a creatively led horror franchise today that's kind of arty, but also it's just a slasher. Basically, is fantastic. And uh, so yeah, um, number was that seven? Not number seven mm-hmm. goes to X. Number six is also a horror film in a completely different. A uh, completely different setting. It's- Look, you've already mentioned Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number six is Jordan Peele's Nope. One of the best named movies of all time. <laughs> one of the best uh, trailers of all time. Uh, teaser trailers, I should oh, say, yeah. of just some guy being like, Nope. <laughs> and then <laughs> title of the movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. This is fantastic. I love this. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, this is just Jordan Peele doing whatever he wants, and I think it's great that he gets the money to do it. It's it's basically I don't want to give too much away. Uh, it's basically a Spielberg film. Um, it's a Spielberg sort of monster movie uh, with like some Spielbergian action and stuff in there as well. It's not really scary at all. There aren't jump scares. There's like an underlying sense of terror, I guess, but it's like not much scarier than Jaws is. It's got some great text in there about exploitation in hollywood the whole movie is about the exploitation of people and animals in movies uh there's a lot of subtext in there particularly with stephen young's character i know a lot of people felt like his storyline didn't go anywhere i think it ended at a fantastic point because they told all the stuff they needed to say it's like yeah uh, animal exploitation in hollywood and then that story's done let's get back to the main one (laughs) i know that yeah some people didn't 
think the story really added up, but I thought it was great. I guess you, I don't know, maybe I watched it knowing that people thought that, so I was kind of looking out for signs, I don't know. But it's great. Daniel Kalula plays the, like, the... <laughs> The least interesting main character I've seen in a big movie for a while. He's so boring in this. And it's great. It's so funny. And Nope is great. Jordan Peele, he's he's so good. He hasn't... Well, he did the Twilight Zone remake. But he hasn't done anything mm-hmm. like bad so far. So, uh, fantastic director. I can't wait to see what he does next. Number six is Nope. Which means, Adam, it's time for your second last chunk. Okay. So, uh, number what, ten. We have... The Phantom of the Open. Oh, I wanted to say that. Which I should probably explain. It's not a very well-known film, I think. No. Mark Rylance again. Mm-hmm. Yep. But this time he's playing a real-life character. <laughs> oh, I and did see a, a trailer for this. Yeah, 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 yes, yeah. It looks yeah. so good. This guy randomly decides, golf looks easy. I will become a professional golfer. <laughs> Despite the fact he cannot play at all. <laughs> and somehow... Cons his way into major uh, golf tournaments. That's amazing. (laughs) To the uh, despair of everybody (laughs) involved. That's so good. Yeah, it's very funny. And amazing, amazing story that this could ever have happened. Uh, (laughs) To the point where at the end of the film, he's he's putting on silly uh, fake moustaches, stuff like that, to disguise himself. (laughs) Oh, I'm not him. I... (laughs) <laughs> Fourteen nobody in the. Uh... <laughs> I need to watch this now. You've convinced me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's very funny. Uh, definitely worth catching. Um, it's quite a small BBC film thing, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Mark Rylance. He can do drama. Oh. He, he was in um. It's in my top th- thirty. He was in uh, Bones and All where he played, like, a darkly hilarious cannibal character. <laughs> like, he was really oh. dark and threatening, but also quite funny. And now it's, like, full comedy with that one. He's he's an underrated actor. He is so he good. Is. Yeah. I loved him, especially in Don't Look Up. Mm. Yeah. I saw him on stage about 20 years ago at oh, wow. the Globe Theatre. I yeah. had no idea wow. who he was, but he was playing Hamlet. An amazing <laughs> performance. Really was. Mm. So funny. I had no idea Shakespeare could be that funny, but he, yeah, he was oh. amazing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't either, and then I went to drama school, and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a long play, too, and i <laughs> being oh, yeah. stood up for three old hours. It was, uh, but it's so good. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. um, number nine, another sort of comedy, <laughs> Death on <laughs> the Nile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a comedy. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes unintentionally, but yes. Uh, Praro, with his outrageous um, accent and tash. Outrageous. <laughs> Probably the last outrageous accent on this list, I, I can assure you. Yeah, it's definitely not the last one Kenneth Branagh will ever do as well. <laughs> well, he's probably Woo! not, yeah. He loves that. Tenet, I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, indeed. Is it as good as the first one they did? Um, Death and... Orient Express. Orient Express, yeah, thank you. Uh, no, I don't think it is. Okay. Okay. But still great fun. Mm. And I don't know how well it did. I don't know if they get to a third one. I hope they do. They are. They're doing, um, uh, I forget what it's called. It's the, it's the horror one, though, like uh, a scary house thing. Oh, okay. I'm not very well versed in my Agatha Christie, so. Mm. 
which is quite fun probably because I go in not knowing too much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I envy you sometimes because some of yeah. these, like, I knew how this story would end, mm. whereas oh, okay. other ones, not quite. Yeah, so. they're doing, it's called A Haunting in Venice, which is based off Halloween Party. Mm. Oh, right. Okay. Don't Never even heard of that one. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one either, so that'll be really interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Michelle Yeoh's in it. Let's go. Oh, really? <laughs> She's getting around. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely her decade, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah. Number H, then, it is, as has been mentioned before, it is Puss in Boots 2. Ah, <laughs> yes! The sequel. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I never actually saw the first one. You don't need to. It's yeah, bad. Apparently not. <laughs> but yeah, I was recommended it by somebody on this podcast here, and I did ah. catch it this past week or so. Yeah, it's surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, very heartfelt. It feels quite Pixar in that way, and it works on multiple levels. Yeah. Whereas, I'm, I'm not sure, Shrek sort of does, but a lot of their stuff doesn't. Shrek... Yeah, it's different. It's made for adults, but not to make you feel something, just to make you laugh. Like, yeah. it's just a straight comedy, whereas this definitely did have <laughs> yeah. more emotion behind it, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. I do feel some emotion in Shrek. <laughs> we know that you just like the dragon race. That's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this came out of nowhere. I didn't really know much about it. It seems like a long time since they've done anything in this universe. Yeah, been a while. Yet yeah, they came in, all guns blazing, great performances, and some very interesting takes on the fairy tales, as they do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and potential Shrek 5. It's, it's maybe coming. We don't know. We don't know. Ooh. Oh, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I've a- not seen many of those either. I think maybe the first one. First two are the only good ones. Ah, four's fine, I guess. It's whatever. <laughs> Just skip three. I only remember the first two, but I've, I've seen three. But I can't remember. Yeah, the, three is terrible. <laughs> Three's real oh, bad. Man. One and two are some of my all-time favourite films. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I've not seen them in a long time. Mm. Yeah. Number seven, then, is The Bubble. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, This is probably quite a controversial one. I know that a lot of people really hated it. Yeah, I did not. Sandra does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's a comedy set during COVID. the pandemic where they're trying mm-hmm. to make a film yeah. and maybe it has to go through the pandemic protocols. And yeah, at times <laughs> it does feel quite improv. Maybe they don't really know where they're going with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, for me, it really worked. Um, great characters, ridiculous situation, but relatable. Sure, yeah. For many of us, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously... Gillen doing a great job, which is always a bonus in my <laughs> books. Yeah, I was like, wait, why is this on? Oh, Karen Gillen was in it. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but you got a lot of great, uh, you got David Duchovny, you've got uh, Pedro oh, yeah. Pascal, you got a lot of great people in there as well. Yeah. <laughs> All doing, the- playing. Really was his year last year, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Some pretty unlikable characters for the most part. Oh, yeah. In fact, is there any likable characters in there? I'm not sure there are. Um- <laughs> yeah, David Duchovny was just playing himself. Anyway. <laughs> But it felt like the film that I needed at the time, just yeah. <laughs> coming out of the, the the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how well it will age. If you come back to it in five years' time, it might feel a bit mm. weird to go back and watch it. But for 2022, perfect. I just really want to watch the movie that they were making. I want to watch Cliff Beast. <laughs> That's what <laughs> yeah. I want to watch. <laughs> I did like that some of their uh, 
their publicity for it, where they did initially <laughs> publicize the film within the film. The trailer was first. the trailer for the film that they were making. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good. yeah. That's incredible. Very, very good. Very funny. Um, that's my number seven. Then the bubble. Yep. And number six, last for this particular chunk. It is Top Gun Trench Run at uh, Maverick. Uh, <laughs> Top Gun Rogue One. Wait, hang on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I again I'm not a great fan of the original. I've seen it once, maybe. Mm-hmm. We caught it up in London on the big screen a few years ago. Yeah. Wasn't my idea, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> but not all that. Uh, but Top Gun Maverick, surprisingly good fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, it yeah. does feel quite derivative, but they've taken a lot of good stuff and mashed it together. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Cruise playing a character who wasn't a total cipher. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh. And it looked great. I mean, it is mm. the epitome of a, a blockbuster. Yeah. Yes. I did go see it in the, the inverted commas IMAX, which is a digital IMAX, not a real IMAX. And um, <laughs> yeah, it looked great. And, and, it's one I keep meaning to pick up on 4Ks. I hear it looks really good in 4K and oh, okay. sounds fantastic too. They put a lot of work into the look and feel of it. And yeah. you can tell how much effort they put into making it. Mm. The relative lack of CGI, mm. the, the the practical uh, effects and everything they did for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's tempting to just buy the 4K, even just get behind the scenes how they made it definitely yeah it feels like quite an achievement yeah the stories of how they made that are just fascinating to listen to yeah exactly yeah but it isn't all just spectacle it is actually a good fun film yeah surprisingly <laughs> poignant yeah yeah so yeah that's my number six top gun maverick oh, it's yes. time for top fives this is going to be interesting mm. Ooh. For the first time with no Marvel films <laughs> for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Number five. See how they run. Ooh, oh, I yeah. It. Yeah, I, I loved this. I loved Sam Rockwell. He was <laughs> delightfully funny. Not sure if he did just one exit or were there two or three in there. Um, <laughs> I thought it was really good for that, but okay, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, I thought I thought it was really good, but so the accent was, I felt like it was all over the place. But then again, I could just be making that up. And Saoirse Ronan. Yes. My God, that woman could do no wrong. Oh, she's, she's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. She is. Yeah. And the direction was wonderful. The the pacing and the sets and the scenes and the the humor was excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there's not too much to go too depth, deep into because I don't want to ruin any plot points, but I just think... Mm-hmm. Characters were so good, so excellent. Just the quirkiness between the two of the main characters. <laughs> but all of them were good, but the two main characters especially, I really liked. Well worth a watch. Uh, it's yes. on Disney Plus, I think. It yep. is, yeah. It is. It's a searchlight film, so it's on Disney Plus, yep. yeah. Yeah, that's right. Of course it would be. Uh, so, yeah, if anyone hasn't seen it, I would recommend it. But then mm-hmm. again, I would with most of these films, pretty much. Yeah, of course. Yeah, if you like Scream and want a murder mystery about murder mysteries, then <laughs> check it out. Yeah, exactly. Number four is The Swimmers. Oh, okay. Which I saw on Netflix, and I was looking for... 2022 films, I was just opening them and looking at the date they were released on Netflix and then (laughs) double-checking on Google. And as soon as I realized this was out last year, I just started playing it. So it's about two Syrian sisters 
who want they're practicing swimming at home and they want to qualify for the Olympics from home mm-hmm. as the part of the swimming team and compete in Rio. But unfortunately, the attacks on Syria get too much and they have to flee. Mm. And they travel to travel to England and mm-hmm. they train there. And they, uh, I don't want to spoil too much. There is there's a very good storyline involved in it, mm-hmm. but it's basically, it's highly emotional because of the, uh, the stakes that they have at the beginning. And then the stakes get even higher at the end when they realize, the people who see them realize that they're very good at swimming. Mm-hmm. But I will say that uh, it's inspired by real events as well. Fascinating story. And there was a, or there is a refugee swimming team that take place takes place at the uh, Olympics every year. Mm. Um, so people who are basically not rendered stateless because they become refugees and end up somewhere else, mm-hmm. but they are able to swim as refugees. And this good. Yeah. ties into that to a degree. Okay. I won't give away how, but it, it was very poignant, very emotional. The acting was amazing. It felt incredibly real. And I just cared so much for these two sisters who mm. were excellently played. Now, number three and number two, I think they're tied. I just couldn't pick. (laughs) That happens. Yes. In fact, I think my top three are pretty much tied. They're very good films. I'll just go with the order I've written, but you could probably just mix and match. Uh, Number three is Glass Onion. (laughs) Knives Out Mystery. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I love the first one, too. Yeah. I love that they're nothing alike in tone. Yeah. And nothing alike in. Oh, basically tone because they're they're very good. The characters they both have they stand out excellently. Yeah, I think Ryan Johnson is brilliant. I mean, I love the Last Jedi. That's no secret, but I, and I like him for that as well. But I think he's really at home in this sort of genre. Yeah, definitely. I love seeing Daniel Craig get to be <laughs> silly <laughs> after seeing him be James Bond for so long. Yes, <laughs> the story was great. There was a nice twist that I didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. Halfway through, which mm. was a nice surprise. That's how he does it. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just I just really liked it. It was a great film. I loved the way there was a lot of antici- anticipation for it. And a lot of people in my social media circles were all like, oh, I'm going to watch it at about 7 o'clock tonight. Are you going to watch it then? And we almost messaged each other about it. And we were going, oh, maybe they did it. No, they did it. So we were kind <laughs> of having an interactive experience. That's which was good. a lot of fun. Yeah. So... I just love that film. Everything about it works. Again, a COVID film, <laughs> deliberately COVID. Yes. But then they had a magic magic bullet that just waved yeah. it away. Here, get shot in the face by Ethan Hawke or in the mouth by Ethan Hawke by yeah. this thing and, and uh, you're better. But I did like the way it tied into it. And again, I liked the way the motivations were made so clear in that first scene. A scientist trying to be the next genius, a politician who gets embroiled in a thing where if it gets out in the news that they went partying during COVID, they wouldn't be able to run for re-election, probably. Mm. Although, Boris Johnson got off scot-free for quite a while, so maybe not. <laughs> um, scot-free, but he's a Brit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst joke you'll hear this year, folks. <laughs> he wants to be scot-free. They always vote... Th- Never mind. Um, <laughs> I could get really into... I could get into jokes about policies and legislation, but I won't. Um, so number two... It's been mentioned, and Sandro hinted that it'll be lower than other people's, but I'm, I've ranked it the highest. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Nice. I thought it was spectacular how... I thought it was really creative, and I thought, oh, good. Like, a genre film, it feels like a science fiction-y kind of film, is 
doing quite well and it's quite popular and mm. oh that's interesting. Oh, okay. You need a, a sensation like a, a paper cut or taste something really nice or mm. a butt plug up the ass. <laughs> yeah. It's the Daniels. <laughs> yeah. It's the Daniels. What can I say? <laughs> I know. I, I I loved that. And I love that it went so wild and hilarious. And I, I disagree with you about, I, I see where you're coming from and I understand, but I really liked that it tied everything up together and all the sure. different multiverses were connected because it felt like the end of Knives Out when... Anna de Armas walks out with the coffee cup that we saw in the first scene. Mm -hmm. And I liked that it tied things up and you had the googly eyes. And did you see at the Golden Globes um, when he won, he was wearing a googly eye on his lapel? It was really Yes, yes. No, I did see that. (laughs) Yeah. But I just, I liked everything about it. It was really emotionally poignant. I uh, I have to be honest, I had a pretty rough year last year mental health wise. Mm -hmm. I really kind of, I think I related to the main character, not to the point where I wanted to destroy the universe, but <laughs> I, I, I really, her performance was really touching. And then uh, Michelle Yeoh's character trying to fit in with traditional, the traditional approach of their culture, which is sort of just push through it, but then mm-hmm. also be a caring mother was really nice. And again, I, I think there's a culture shock thing going on where she, uh, her daughter's fitting in a lot with the American side of things. And it's an intergen- a generational thing where the generation that's in this community a bit more will be more connected to that community and lose touch with tradition. Yep. And again, that's cultures. And it, like I said, I, I think I related to it a bit like with Prey because I've got two cultures going on at the same time in my life. And again, mental health was a big thing for me last year. Uh, and I, I thought the performance really captured a lot of the nothingness you can feel when you're in a deep depression. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I appreciated that. But again, I can see where you, I do feel it was a bit too long. I wouldn't personally cut the multiverse tying in together at the end, but I could see why you would. Mm-hmm. You made your case very well and fair enough. I yes. don't feel that way, but you do. You had a good mm. counter argument. Good work. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> we'll rate this at the end to see who it knows. Um, <laughs> and last, but definitely not least, and it's been there since I first saw it, is The Batman. Uh, nice. Uh, you said, was that Colin Farrell? <laughs> yeah. And I said, is that John Turturro? Because I saw him in Severance <gasps> and he's nothing like it. Yeah, he oh, was yes. in that too. Yeah, he was. He yeah, was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's nothing like his character in Severance. So no. I thought, oh, he's having <laughs> no. a good year this no. year. But he's everything like his character in Transformers. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets whittled on by a robot every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, just, I really liked it. it. It finally hit the tone and the aesthetic of a Batman film that I've wanted for years. Yeah. Robert Patterson was great. The costume, his, his Batman outfit, was the closest thing I've wanted mm-hmm. to a live action suit. Like, I think there's a bit of a problem for me with the the nose on the mask. But if that's the worst thing I could find <laughs> in the film, it's a pretty yeah. good film. <laughs> yeah. Paul Dano was amazing. Oh, yeah. Actually, <laughs> funny little connection here. Andy Serkis was in my top show. He's in my top movie. Mm. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And Paul Dano is partners with Zoe Kazan, who's in, you know, my previous chunk. So they're having a good year as a couple there. Um, But yeah, (laughs) no, just, uh, and Severance was in my top five from TV shows. So John (laughs) Turturro is having a good year in my mind. (laughs) So yeah, no, I think everything about it worked brilliantly. I I know there was a, 
a bit of a stink from bigots when Jeffrey Wright was cast as Jim Gordon, but how can you complain about yeah. Jeffrey Wright? Yeah. He's so good. He's incredible in everything, yeah. And uh, actually, hmm. one for you, Adam. Actually, how much of, of um, Andor have you seen, Sandro? I haven't seen any since we recorded because I'm too busy. Oh, <laughs> God. Okay. Oh, you've seen this guy, though. Uh, the guy who plays Commissioner Pete Savage, who's killed by the rats. Yeah. All right. Round Scottish guy in Andor. Oh, right. That's him, is it? Wow. It's the same guy. <laughs> I didn't recognize him until I saw IMDb. A few yeah, weeks ago. I'd have to watch him back to back. But yeah, yeah, no idea. Yeah, he's got a big beard and he's playing like a, he's a New Yorker, I think, in The Batman. But he's also really round Scottish guy in the... Yeah. <laughs> Sounds a bit like that in Andor. I like Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Again, I really liked it. I'm, I'm a big Batman fan. Although I think I'm at Batman saturation, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that they're taking three years to make the next one. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that we're going to get a break. But I'm really glad we got a really good one because, like you, I liked um, Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Yeah. Not too crash hot on Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yep. No. Agree. It's it's fine. I had some good ideas. I think it could have been three films in its own right, maybe. Yeah. I think that was also just when Nolan started getting had had insufferable yeah. <laughs> for me as well. I like a lot of his other films post that, but yeah, okay. fair enough. Um. It was too much about the Justice League and not enough about Batman in Ben Affleck's and Zack Snyder's version. I think For sure. they should have done standalone films. So I'm just glad we got a good standalone Batman film again. Mm-hmm. And it's just really well made. It was it was pretty freaky in a lot of moments. Some moments felt a bit Dark Knight-ish. A bit like when the Joker said, look at me, you know, filming that police officer. A lot of the Riddler's videos felt a little bit similar to that and i don't know mm-hmm. if that's a bad thing or not but i did notice that but honestly it's just a lot about this film works the score's simple but brilliant the action scene and the batmobile is fantastic i just i really really did like it it's got a very similar aesthetic to the arkham games which are some of my favorite games ever made mm. some of the best uh amalgamation of Batman stories yeah. takes place in those games. Like yeah, it yeah. takes inspiration from the 70 plus, nearly 80 years of Batman stories or however long it is and um, puts them together beautifully in those games. And this feels like the live action film version of those games in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I just love it for that. So number one film is the Batman. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good pick. Deserved. All right, I'll get into my top five. Uh, yeah. Kicking it off with a film at number five, a remake of a film I have not seen based off a book that I have not read, which is probably <laughs> why this film hit me so hard. Uh, but number five is All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, oh, yes. A new yeah. uh, remake of that movie. Director Netflix, again, I would have wanted to watch this on a big screen because it looks <laughs> amazing. It looks and sounds amazing. Very... Uh, Dennis Villeneuve sort of visuals uh, with the atmosphere, very Hans Zimmer soundtrack, pretty similar to what he was doing on Dune uh, with the soundtrack on this one, uh, and fantastic lead performance as well by Felix Kramer, uh, who plays Paul. I haven't seen him in anything else. In fact, I haven't seen most of this cast, aside from Daniel Brühl, who plays the one oh, yeah. trying to negotiate a treaty between Germany and France. Just wow. It just wow, honestly. It's <laughs> it's so hard hitting. 
And I liked how this movie, and I'm sure it's the same with the book, I, I kind of wish I had read it mm. during my school years. I don't know why I didn't. Uh, or what I read instead. Mm. Probably Redwall. <laughs> oh, I love Redwall. That's yeah, good stuff. But yeah, like the, um, like it's, you know, it's all from the perspective of just a soldier in Germany who was like, I really want to be a soldier. So he becomes a soldier despite not necessarily should he have he didn't need to based off his family and stuff but he becomes a soldier anyway and is like oh no we're bad actually and just that journey <laughs> and like that instant there's a scene what bad there's a scene where like he signs up and he goes to his first i think training day or something and just watching the light instantly go out of his face as he like realizes like what he's done it's just mm. yeah incredibly powerful stuff uh incredibly hard-hitting if 1917, like, hit you hard, that's fun compared to this. <laughs> You've made that comparison a few times now. Well, because they're very similar. I think Shawn Mendes, like, his directing style is very similar to Edward Berger, who did this one. Um, the cinematography mm-hmm. as well. It's just it's just phenomenal. Like, I, I yeah, I, I highly recommend All Quiet on the Western Front. Not a <laughs> fun watch by any means, but a surprisingly really good remake that I would just recommend to everyone um another film that's not super fun to watch and also i can't remember it that well because i saw it literally this time last year uh is Mm. number four which goes to drive my car japanese drama film uh that won a lot of awards at the oscars um last year it only came out in australia that's going to happen a lot uh with these lists obviously in australia we get a lot of the oscar films the the award movies in january and february because nothing else is coming out then uh, so they delay the release in Australia. This is this is fantastic. So it's a drama about an actor, a widowed actor, who is cast in a play. It's like his first play in a while, I think. And to get to that play, he needs a driver. And so his driver is this 20-year-old girl. She's a mechanic. And uh, they spend these drives to the show bonding and all that. So it's uh, partly comedic with him in the rehearsals. It's quite funny there but it's also a really hard-hitting drama uh, uh, a really hard-hitting drama about trauma and stuff as he's trying to you know get over um his wife's death and we see that and it's quite you know it's quite impactful um it is quite long it's about three hours i saw it in the most uncomfortable seat known to mankind my head was (laughs) i i had to slump down in my seat because it was a sold out screening only seat only seat was right up the front my friend jack and i sat right up the front just slumped down watching it for three hours and it (laughs) didn't take away from the experience i was captivated the entire time incredible movie uh, drive my car in in spot in spot mm. number four uh as reese said top three all interchangeable <laughs> all mm. interchangeable <laughs> i like my top three all equally yeah i've ordered it like this i think based off rewatchability yeah because i famously don't rewatch stuff no but but if i were to rewatch it this would be the order of rewatchability i guess like the order of fun i had with it might be a better way to put it but anyway I love all these, uh, all three of these movies equally. Number three being the menu. It's the menu. Oh, ah. It's the menu. Horror film. Very funny take on the fine dining experience um, <laughs> where Anya Taylor Joy uh, shows up for a date with Nicholas uh-huh. Holt. They're going to go to a super fancy exclusive restaurant on an island. Uh, where Ralph Fiennes, he's the chef, you know, he's the greatest chef of all time. He does things <laughs> with food that you couldn't believe. 
and he's got a uh, a very special menu. It's all planned out. It's going to be an experience, an immersive experience, and it turns out <laughs> to be uh, so not quite what they signed up for. A bit of horror. The immersive experience is people. <laughs> ah, a lot of people thought that going into the movie. I didn't know yeah. what it was. I read the description and I was like, "Oh, is the food going to like turn into a monster or something?" Like that's what I thought it was going into it. I thought it was quite unpredictable. I, I didn't really know where it was going at any time i think that also could just be because i shut my brain off to watch it like i was in a theater Mm. uh with quite a few people it was quite a packed theater actually um for this sort of movie i just turned my brain off and just sat down and enjoyed it so i wasn't trying to predict it i think the predictability i think some people have had an issue with i thought it was quite fun anyway um it's great it's great it's very funny it's very dark uh, comments on all sorts of art, I think. Like, when art gets too over the top, this can happen, and uh, the person making it can be quite disenfranchised with it and everything. It was really, you know, it's great. It's great. And the entire cast is fantastic. You've got various people there for different reasons. There's, like, a food critic um, who <laughs> is basically a shill, and it's quite funny. <laughs> You've got Nicholas Holt, who's, like, a huge fan of the chef, right, and just, like, wants to, like, oh, you are incredible and like idolizes him <laughs> you've got a bunch of like crypto pros basically who were there for the clout uh john leguizamo is like an actor <laughs> who has put out a movie that everyone hates so he's like trying to get relevant again by going Aww. to all these experiences and stuff <laughs> it's just it's fantastic it's a lot of fun it's so tightly told the menu uh in spot number three really? and then number two also super funny tightly told um but just a little bit more a little bit more fun i had a smile on my face this entire time and that's glass onion it is glass onion at number two yeah yeah i didn't i don't think knives out was in my top 20 when it came out i thought knives out was good uh but not great and i think this one is an improvement for me i think it's an improvement for me because Mm -hmm. i like just absurdist stuff just really silly over the top like every character is just a caricature <laughs> of like a certain sort of person they're yeah. not really characters i guess uh except they do well, they kind of have depth but it's quite surface level but it doesn't take away from the movie at all i thought this was so much fun daniel craig as world's greatest detective <laughs> uh is just <laughs> playing among us in his bath yes with with um with Natasha Leone for some reason. I'm like, what's she doing there? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's great. The entire cast is fantastic. Kate Hudson playing uh, just just everything. The reason why all the characters are here is just consistently funny. Jessica Henwick, I, wow. Oh. Just, just, she's fantastic. I'm glad yep. she gets to do another big movie after Matrix. I'm never going to watch it. Because <laughs> she's a great actor. Janelle Monet as well. Just oh, I, she's amazing. So talented. Incredible musician. Uh every film she's in, she just shines the entire time. I yeah, yep. I I really liked Glass Onion. It's just very silly. Mm-hmm. It's, just, mm-hmm. it's just a very silly movie, and I really enjoyed it. I was laughing the entire time. I think the, yeah. the twists as well with uh Knives Out, I feel like the twists were more to shock you whereas with this one i was laughing at the twists i was like oh, oh. <laughs> you know? it's, it's like when benoit blanc admits that it's just so stupid yeah it's just so stupid yeah <laughs> it was pineapple it's so, it's so silly dumb. it's so witty it's kind of yeah. like a james gunn movie it's just yeah it's just <laughs> absurd 
I think we all need to just embriviate the moment <laughs> that Sandro put a Knives Out film in his top 20. Yeah. Yeah. The first one's good. I want to rewatch it because I think it was just a bit too serious for me. Maybe might have been it. Oh, no, I, I love that it was serious. Oh, I don't know. A different sort of humor, perhaps. A little more subtle. It is. It's a different sort. Yeah. 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 They're very different movies. In the first one, one of my favorite bits is when she's driving away after being told what to do by uh, the elderly character i'll just say mm-hmm. and she's like okay did he say before the gate or after before <laughs> after <laughs> it, just, it was very well done it's good it, it's yeah. it's great and there's twists upon twist upon twists and oh yeah um you can try and predict it if you want i was trying to predict it as i was watching it i think uh like with knives out i was just kind of watching it whereas like with this one i was like i want to i, I want to try and get on top of you ryan johnson i want to see what's up with this one <laughs> and uh yeah i just i it's a fun ride i really enjoyed it i called it, it straight away yeah <laughs> yeah i did too but not in the way that, that the movie no. ended up playing yeah. out. Oh, no, exactly. I called what was happening, but I didn't call it in, like, the order of events or, like, the context, I guess, that was yeah. happening. I just mm. called that Miles was a dick and he's a criminal, so it's not just happening there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Edward Norton. I, uh, oh, it like, was amazing. He's... <laughs> I Every time he's on screen, I forget that he's kind of a dick because <laughs> I'm like... And it's related to Pocahontas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in real life <laughs> okay and then number one number one film of the year Ooh. the entire year i had like i saw this in i think it was march and i gave mm. it five stars i put it at the, at the top of my list and the whole year i was just like waiting for something to top it and nothing ever did <laughs> so mm-hmm. here i am uh number one film of 2022 is the northman for me the northman mm. oh, okay uh robert eggers uh third film i love the witch i love the lighthouse uh this is easily his most successful film so far i mean it's basically what it's like a mid-budget kind of big film it's like i think it was like 80 million dollars or something uh it bombed obviously (laughs) because they didn't know how to market this the trailer uh not the trailer the poster was one of the worst posters of the year just all the characters faces on like a you know like a black panther the style uh poster which is like absolutely not how you market a movie like this but they didn't know what to do with it but um it was great. It was really good. Mm. It's uh, it's Alexander Skarsgård. He's he's a Viking boy. Uh, it's kind of like <laughs> Hamlet. It's kind of like uh, Lion King. In fact, I think my review on Letterbox uh, was... Lion King is Hamlet. <laughs> well, true. <laughs> I think my review on Letterbox was this is how you do a live action Lion King movie. This is pretty, <laughs> it's basically the same plot. Um, <laughs> you, you know, he's close with his dad, and then uh, you know stuff happens. His dad's no longer around. Uh, you know, he goes off. Hakuna Matata meets Anya Taylor-Joy. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, and tries to get re- revenge. It's um, it's a very violent movie, but it also makes a point to be anti-violence, anti-revenge, which I, you know, I think is really good, really smart. I like movies like mm. that, like uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket, like anti-violence movies that have got really good violence in them, I think is a really like, fun contrast. The Batman. <laughs> the Batman, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean... <laughs> York is in this, so obviously, you know, it's a little bit artsy. I like how weird it gets for a film that was this expensive as well. Like, uh, there's some very strange visuals and stuff in here. Straight out of a Bjork album artwork piece. I've got to admit, I tried watching it. I thought, I'm not in the right headspace. This will need me to be in another headspace. Mm. And I 
just couldn't get myself to be in the right headspace. You do, <laughs> yeah. It again. It's very moody and dark and it is. and violent and and all that. But I just I loved it. I I like Viking stuff, but nothing has ever hit that for me. Like I don't think Vikings mm. is very good. Any TV show set then really, I just I I don't enjoy it. Whereas this one really did hit that for me. Uh, the mm. general grime and everyone's incredibly dirty. Uh, Nicole Kidman stands out a bit because um, certain uh, theme, uh, she doesn't look like she suits the time. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> kind of took me out of it a little bit, uh, but she's great as well. Um, and Willem Dafoe gets to go crazy again. Yeah, he's in this too, and he's just, uh, he's he's wild. Yes. I just, I really enjoyed it. That was a favorite bit from what I saw, but I just, again, I need to. I probably just need to just dive in and watch it, but I'm just like, I'm not ready for mm. this, especially because I saw the trailer and it actually tried to paint it as an action movie in some ways. And I just thought it's, mm. I mean, it's got really good action, but it, yeah, it's not really an action movie at no. all. Um, there's, yeah, but there's some great action sequences in here that I, that I adored. Uh, the mm. final action sequence is just incredible. I, mm. I won't say where it's set, but it's jaw dropping. And the fact that like, <laughs> this movie had this amount of budget and could do this in quite a... I, I don't want to call it an arty movie, but it's very, I I guess, specific and niche. Like, general audiences will probably go like, what is this? I don't I don't <laughs> like this. I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but the fact that it had this budget is incredible. It probably won't ever happen again for Robert Eggers, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, but yeah, just that's my number one film of the year is The Northman. I, I, I really enjoyed that one. Okay, let's catch it. And now Adam. Okay, then, um, at number five. Surprised me how high up this one is, actually, but anti-war film, again, a, the greatest mm-hmm. beer run ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I heard about that. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Zac Efron. Yeah. In a sort of comedy drama, who a real-life events again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much they've tweeted, but basically based on real-life events, where... A guy <laughs> decides to take some beer out to all his friends who are fighting in Vietnam during the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. And how it's a bit of a lark to start off with, but how he gets further and further into it, how much it doesn't become a lark, how, how dangerous it is, how terrible it is, and some of the rather dodgy things the Americans are doing hits home. Oh, yeah. America bad, actually? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, Russell Crowe there as um, a reporter, and uh, yeah, they see some things. <laughs> yeah, mm. a surprisingly good film. It starts off quite light and fun, but by the end, it gets quite uh, quite dark. It's really good. Uh, mm. It's on Apple TV, of course, so nobody's seen it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're doing some good stuff. They are. They are. They're really good. I really like them. Yeah. Number four, then. Again, probably quite high compared to what most people think of it, but uh, I really enjoyed it, clearly. Uh, Enola Holmes 2. Okay. I liked it. The film without a subtitle, for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I really enjoyed the first Enola Holmes. Yeah. And obviously, Billy Bobby Brown as Sherlock Holmes's otherwise unknown sister. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. her trying to get out of the shadow of her famous brother, yeah. The great detective himself. And again, it's somewhat based on real events. Uh, it's all about, I forget what they're called, but 
these these workers, these women generally, who are being poisoned as they're making yeah. matches and the real life events. And uh, yeah, it was like the suffragettes in the first one, and then matches in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're they're both set, obviously Victorian times, uh, but they're based on real life events and generally events which are to particularly with women, which obviously fits with the Noel Holmes character quite well compared to Sherlock Holmes. And uh, yeah, it had a message, but it was really good fun and good old mystery. There's a few of those actually in this uh, this list. Oddly, it was a good year for mysteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're coming back. I'm really happy. Yeah, and I didn't realise I was such a fan until I look at this list, and there's quite a few on here. <laughs> mm. uh, and number three is Glass Onion. Hey, <laughs> there it is. talking of which, yeah, great fun. I really enjoyed uh, Knives Out. Oh, yeah, me too. And Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, which I think they're <laughs> changing, aren't they, for the third one to be a Benoit Blanc mystery. Oh, um, good. Maybe, yeah. I don't... Yeah, that's better. <laughs> yeah, that is a better name. Because Ryan Johnson hates that. He says, oh, I don't want to do that. It's it's just the Glass Onion, or, you know, it's just... Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Knives Out. Yeah, you don't, you don't get James Bond films. No. Generally, as a, a James Bond mystery or whatever, do you? <laughs> That'd be pretty funny, though. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. James Bond, Goldeneye, a James Bond story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A James Bond mission. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say about it? It hasn't been said, but hmm. it is a slightly different in tone, although the actual setup is much the same. It's an yeah. Agatha Christie style thing where you, you go to a remote place. In this case, it's an island before it was a stately home sort of thing. You have a group of characters. Similar thing. This one, it's a, probably a bit more focused on the detective, Daniel Craig's Benoit Blanc, than the first one. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, he's not in the first, like, 20 minutes, but he is definitely the, the, the main character after that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why isn't she allowed her phone? Because she's worried I'll tweet a racial slur. <laughs> yeah. Again. The old sweatshop <laughs> thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me... You thought sweatshops was where they made sweatpants. That was indeed very funny. You idiots. Yeah, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> they were all so dumb. All the characters so dumb that uh, it really worked. <laughs> yeah. And when she walks down the stairs and she's got the fake blood on her, and the the, the bimbo just screams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, really, really good stuff. Uh, I'm, I believe they're making a third one, which I'm looking yeah. forward to. Um. But again, I think it's going Netflix. I did get the chance to see this at the cinema first. Oh, it came out good. a few weeks before good. at the cinema, which I'm really glad I got, yeah. to, got to see it. It's great fun seeing it with, a, with an audience because it is mm. such a comedy, but also a mystery. So you get those reveal moments. You get the, the laughter and you get the, the gasps. It is good in an audience. But, uh... mm. <laughs> That's really good, yeah. Number two then, mm. my second best of the year is The Batman. Oh, very nice. Yep. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Shutting. <laughs> it's already been said, but DC are clearly at their best at the moment when they're doing films which are not connected up to a to a, a, a larger. When they're playing in their own sandpit. Yeah. So we had Joker, which was oddly similar in tone to the Batman, even though they're not directly connected at all. Hmm. There's a certain elements of taking these grotesque characters, put him into the real world, but a very dark version of our real world, hmm. which is true of both Joker and the Batman, and it really works. They are all the better for being in, in this sort of 
heightened, darkened version of our world, whereas Marvel is obviously off mm. doing their own weird sci-fi stuff now. It's so far mm. <laughs> removed from real world now. But that here, yeah, it's wonderful. And it's such a, a broken version of Batman, of Bruce yeah. Wayne. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But they did the smart thing of not showing why he's broken because we've seen that origin story so many times. Yeah. Oh, God. yeah, indeed. That's the same with Spider-Man and Civil War, I guess. We just don't see. True. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really good. And even the, the the little touches like having him have the eye makeup when he's got the mask on. You see him take, yes. take mask <laughs> and he's still got the panda eyes. Um, that is, of course, what they, they were doing in real life and have been for all the Batman films. Yes. But they, they've always shown it where he takes the, the mask off and he's made so pale. It always looks like mm. he's like a horror character. Oh, he didn't look healthy at all because he didn't sleep. That was a really good touch that he... Yeah, Alfred was worried about him because he wasn't sleeping, and he didn't look good. <laughs> he did not look well at all. No, really good, massively impressive performance. Oh yeah, everybody was so unsure about him. Uh, him as Batman. Uh yeah, that's just because of Twilight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just because Twilight and people haven't watched anything else that he's been. He's in. a good actor. <laughs> he's he's good. Yeah, he's yeah. great, and he's great in Tenet as well, which yeah, almost yeah. at the time felt like it was a warm-up for the Batman, but actually a completely different character <laughs> to, mm. to what you see in Tenet. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And number one then, my favourite film of the year Here we go. is another mystery film. It's See How They Run. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. it. Another take on Agatha Christie, not a like Glass Onion, but uh, <laughs> this is, is even more overtly a comedy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And beautifully done. Yeah, amazing performances by Sam Rockwell and... Uh, how, how did you pronounce her name? Saoirse Roman. Thank you. <laughs> she once said in an interview, and this is what stuck, she says it's Saoirse as in inertia. <laughs> ah, thank you. Saoirse, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> they were both great. And I had no problem with his accent. I don't know why, but I thought he did a really good job. Oh, yeah, look, I'm sure he was... He did do a good job. I didn't hear the American in there, but I feel no. like he was from a few different spots in England. Okay. Maybe I'm less attuned to that, which would be odd. <laughs> Given, but, it yeah. would. The Aussies sitting here, he yeah. didn't get that right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I thought he was really good in it. So the two of them particularly. Yeah. Mm. And I, I believe it didn't do very well, so I don't imagine we ever see a sequel, which is a real shame. It's very sad. Yeah. I'd love to see those two back in another film. Oh. Yes. And obviously it's based on the long running, now 70 years running The Mousetrap, which is a, a stage yeah. play Agatha Christie wrote, uh, which is still on in the West End now. I love that. And I must, I keep meaning to go along and see it. Mm. I've always dismissed it thinking, oh, it's just an old fashioned uh, Agatha Christie. It won't be much fun on the stage, but actually I've heard <laughs> it's actually really good fun. Okay. And after seeing this mm. film, I can quite believe it. Yeah, it's coming to Melbourne in like, a few weeks, and I'm oh, very cool. tempted to go see it now after watching this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think you're not meant to, to, to say what the ending is. It's meant to be a secret, but most people have heard, and certainly the film alludes to the real ending in, in the uh, the stage play. And yeah. it's really well done. I think once you've seen the stage play, I think you'll appreciate the film even more because of the, the riffs it's doing on that, that stage play in the film. But yeah, hmm. I'm amazed, but that was my favourite. It might have been helped that I was in Chicago when I first saw it. Mm. So I was, oh. I was in a, a nice environment. Way on holiday and, uh, yeah. 
No, it's it's a good film. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, very strong year for mysteries. Oddly, Definitely, Death on the yeah. Nile, Nola Holmes, Glass Onion, see how they run. I'm sure there were more. Well, I know we'd class it as a superhero film, but technically your top three are mysteries. Batman cause... is detective. It yeah. is, yeah. The first one that's actually felt like that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. He he is properly a detective, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I didn't know exactly what the Riddler was doing and why, and it was a good little mystery to try and figure out his motive and all of that. It was very good. Yeah. All right. At the end of that mammoth episode. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> That is our top 20 with honourable mentions and dishonourable mentions, films of 2022. That's it. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, we've never really done this before, but if you, now that you've heard what we do, would like to send your list of top 20 films and maybe just a quick reason why, I love Batman, this was a good version of Batman, or, <laughs> you know, here's one that I don't think you've heard of and I really like it because mm. I like a lot of indie movies. Sandra is the voice of reason on this show. <laughs> yes! Or, where's the love for Marvel? Or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please feel free to send them to... Sandra, please help. Ah, uh, where's my Google account? Ah, <laughs> uh, where is it? Um, <laughs> uh, send those emails over to AussieNerdsTalkStuff at gmail.com. That was easy and I should have remembered <laughs> <laughs> it's just the name of the show at gmail.com there we go that's it that's it yeah if you actually like black adam let us know, <laughs> let us know. all power to you but really <laughs> Good um, on you. i want to like movies like i don't go into a movie expecting to hate it so no um, no exactly but, but also it's kind of funny when a movie's really bad <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's funny, I was just realising, I feel like I know the Staggering Stories podcast email address more than I know our own. Because <laughs> I hear show at staggeringstories.net all the time. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but yes, so that's Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff at gmail.com. Send us your top 20 films and maybe even TV shows if you wanted to. Yeah, for sure. From 2022. Speaking of Staggering Stories, you can find Adam and his good friends at the Staggering Stories podcast. Thank you, yeah. That's right, staggeringstories.net. Indeed. That's right. And you can find Sandro on Oldie But a Goodie, which is another podcast that he does. Mm, doing 1920 to 1969 this year. A lot of different movies, a lot of old ones. And if you're in Melbourne or Adelaide, you could probably find him backstage at a show doing the tech. Ah, it's so many. Mm. Anytime in the coming weeks. I've been getting papped recently. The, the paparazzi are taking photos of me. I saw that. Oh, really? Oh, wow. And people knew who you were, too. Yeah. There are people I know, but I, I know. it still counts. <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. And as for me, well, I'm going to be spending the next week editing this nearly three-hour-long show. Yeah, good luck. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Uh, you can find Sandro and me on Twitter and Instagram, at our names, pretty much. Uh, Sandro, you've been using Twitch. Sandro felt chair, a felt chair spelt like a chair made out of felt, because that's how you say my last name. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I've been doing. Um, I did a stream recently as a recording where I played a bunch of free games that I downloaded off of Steam, and they were very bad. It was very <laughs> fun to uh, to play around with those. So that's kind of my thing at the moment. I don't really stick awesome. to a particular game. I just kind of play around with silly stuff, have a fun time, mm-hmm. very chaotic energy, and all that. So yeah. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for listening. And Sandra and I, so we'll be back with our regularly scheduled program at a later date. Sounds good. Alrighty. See you, everyone. Thanks, mate.